Hey, this is Gary from Watch Out for Fireballs. Just letting you know that we are running a series of Teespring campaigns. Uh, you answered our merch survey. We listened. If you go to teespring.com forward slash watch out for Fireballs logo with a dash between each of those words. Easier way might be to, to hit us up on Facebook. We have a link. But uh, you can buy a very simple, tasteful shirt with the Watch Out for Fireballs logo on it. Um, we're going to be branching off into more obscure stuff that is going to get you into more interesting conversations um, with people who don't know what senpais are, if you know what I mean. Uh, but until we get there, we're we're doing this uh, this logo shirt. We'd love it if you bought it. Um, it's already met its its minimum printing thing, but we'd love to. Uh, it's a great way to support the show. It's a cool way to wear a nice shirt. And uh, you guys are always looking for cool ways to wear nice shirts. So uh, here's the uh, here's the episode. And again, that's teespring.com forward slash watch out for Fireball's logo with a little dash between each word. All right. You're listening to Jet Set Radio Lab Shorts. <laughs> the podcast from WOFF. I kept tagging and I never thought to wonder. That's Munit. He's a local graffiti artist slash rollerblader slash gang member. Where the paint I was using came from, you know? I kept finding it everywhere, but I was all like, wherefore art thou painty paint? I'm Boxer Quan. And I'm Bryce Salad. And on today's Jet Grind Radio Lab, we're talking about circles. Loops. The ways that the world fits together in ways that you wouldn't even dream of them fitting together. And we're starting with a story from our reporter, Evan Beeler. And it started with a question. Unit. Unlike the other rooftops, wanted to know where the spray paint came from. But there was a problem. I kept seeing these these ayatollahs and luchadors around, you know, just always just up there where I'd find my spray paint, you know, just getting up in my grill. But in a way, it was it was it was kinda kinda beautiful. The way I could rely on them, you know? Unit saw it as a coincidence, you know, the world being magical and serendipitous. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that I don't know? Some higher power placed Jetpack Ninjas and the guys from the Sabotage video here to give him spray paint? I, I look into my son's eyes and I, I just can't tell. It doesn't seem so. I just can't quite buy it. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but listen, if all there is to life is ones and zeros, I believe there's got to be a, a higher order. A big man with a Dragula boombox on his shoulder up there in the sky. I, I just can't buy it. I, anyway, that's when things took a darker turn. I kept on, like, getting whipped and shot at, you know? I had all these bullet holes in me, like, ventilated, right? For a while, it seemed like Unit wasn't going to make it. We're losing him! Scalpel. I went to the hospital and ate some spray paint and... And then something magical happened. I... I got better. I... I got better. 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 I mean, I was as good as new. <laughs> WTF. <laughs> Tokyo was my oyster cracker up in that piece. But that's when tragedy struck. He forgot that he had originally asked a question about where the spray paint started. Yeah, I, I just forgot because I've been shot so many times. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying that because these gun-toting stormtroopers wouldn't get off his dick? He forgot what sent him into a loop in the first place? I believe so, yes. I think it sent him into a, a, a loop, if you will. A circle. 
Yes. And see, we, yeah, we did that. Oh, okay. That's a loop. <clears throat> but then he realized something beautiful. When they took the bullets out, I, I realized that they'd been made at the same factory that made the first aid spray paint that I drank like Banaka. So there's this kind of poetry in it. I, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, dog, I'm kind of confused. Like, your thesis kind of seems to be all over the place here. But that's when you realize something sort of beautiful, right? No, 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 man, no, no. Ugh. That shit's ridiculous. Uh, hold, hold on, one, one second. Wait, just but, see. Here we go. But that's, but that's, that's when uh, tragedy struck. Yep. Watch out, motherfucker! <laughs> burr, 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 Rudy's. I'm toast. <laughs> My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week we are talking about Jet Set Radio, um, also known <clears> as Jet <throat> Grind Radio, <laughs> which is a skating extreme sports action kind of game, uh, which was developed by Smilebit and published uh, by Sega for the Dreamcast in, in, in 2000. Yeah, it is, a, it is an arcade game. Uh, I don't know. It, it defies genre. <laughs> yeah, it's an arcade ass game. Like this is it, is. it is super arcadey in that Sega way. Yeah, this is this is Sega being really, really Sega, which is good. Yeah, yeah. And even though um, you know it, we it came out for the Dreamcast in 2000, we both played it on the PC, mm-hmm. the PC port with which once you get past its initial issues of not letting you save, <laughs> yep. um, is actually great. Right. Um, so yeah. So in this game, you play as these uh, inline skaters who re- seek to reclaim their territory by spray painting over rival tags. Yeah. And uh, most of the levels, um, they have these goals that involve reaching a number of graffiti targets that are in these really out-of-the-way places by finding these lines uh, to grind on. And while this is going on, you're trying to avoid police and just kind of other things that will deplete your health as you go. Yeah, ever-escalating series of assassins. Um, their tags kind of come in three levels. The smallest one, you just have to push the button once. Um, and then there are medium ones that require kind of a QTE prompt. And then the larger ones that require a very long QTE prompt. Yeah, or you have to do them in, in, in two, two pieces. Yes. Yeah, they're split yes. like, like graffiti is, you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there are like there's a lot of graffiti that is done in layers over the course of like weeks. Yep. Um, I, I but, mean, like precisely bisected in half as it as it appears. Oh in this. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yep. like a, like a mad fold in. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, Roller. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. And as we alluded to, health is limited. So unlike a lot of other skate games, um, you know, you you can die. You can you know pass out and hear uh, a, an awesome little record scratch kind of thing. Um, and also you can only carry a limited number of paint cans. Uh, so depending on the character that you have, you may have to venture out in search of more paint as you're going along. 
Yeah, these are these are one of the stats that are uh, represented for your character. Um, you are essentially playing to get through it, but also to get a high score. And one of the ways you get a higher score is through tricks. Um, but there it isn't like Tony Hawk where you have grabs and, and, and stuff. They just kind of happen if you jump mm-hmm. high enough. You will do a little trick. And uh, the to get higher points, you string together kind of lines and do as many actions as possible. And then you get arbitrarily scored at the end between five adjectives that don't necessarily sound qualitative. Grind, jet, nitro. Like, I understand that pedal should be lower than motor, but motor still sounds pretty badass. Yep. Like, if I, if I get motor, like, I still feel yeah. pretty good. But nope, that's like, that's the second to worst option. Motorhead is better than pedal head. Yeah, I, I suppose so. <laughs> pedal head. I don't know about that. Yep, sorry. No, it's okay. I just it just sounds gross to me. Yeah. It sounds like like an encephalitis nightmare. Yeah. Like that's like you know they always say that like their skulls bloom like a, a blossom. Wow. And kids have that uh, encephalitis thing. Mm, yeah. And thought, uh, it grosses me out. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was getting oral sex on a bike. Um. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> Yeah, a bicycle built for woo woo. <laughs> bicycle built for woo woo. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So outside of these story missions, you kind of have free reign over parts of the city, um, mm-hmm. and various kind of like score and technique challenges and graffiti challenges and things. Yeah, and, and full disclosure, I didn't do a lot of these. Neither did I. Uh, I did. Like, I did a couple, but just to check them out. But I, that wasn't the draw. No, you get like you, you get a good taste of it. Like the, the the main story mission kind of encourages you to do all the cool stuff that there is in these levels. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the levels look beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. There, there's like one way to make your game look evergreen, mm-hmm. or two ways. It's like 16 bit graphics. Pixel art will always look good. Shovel Knight looks as good today as it did, you know, as as, any <laughs> as it did last year when it came out. It, yep, exactly. As it will look in 20 years. Right. And then cell shading, which uh, just makes games look, you know, kind of future proofs them mm-hmm. in a really amazing way. Yeah. Um, and this kind of, you know, it, it's the game that kind of broke us out of this like 32 bit uh, Dorito mm-hmm. adolescence um, into like kind of full 3D visuals, yeah. um, you know, with with making this kind of stylized look as opposed to. You know, clunky, uh, to Masashi bots. Right. Yeah. It's ridiculous to think that this came out 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, like yeah, we're running into that. Like when we do games that are, you know, things that I, you know, like that I genuinely played, like I remember being, you know, just as blown away by it back then as I am now. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of nice to come back to this and have that confirmed because so often when we go back to games from this era, it's like, well, kind of, kind of disappointing, but this remake, you know, kind of solved the one problem that it had on the dreamcast, which was, um, the resolution, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's probably the best looking dreamcast game, right? Like it is just really, really impressive. Yeah. Uh, also impressive is the soundtrack, which I think is like the main draw, if not in the top two or three of like what would bring you to this. Gary, I'm yeah. jealous that you get to edit this. Episode. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to edit it. Um, it's, I'm just going to have uh, Funk Soul Brother just play in loop during the entire episode. <laughs> you mean the- sweet, sweet soul brother. <laughs> I, like, I think Funk Soul Brother, you mean Rockefeller Skank? That's what I was thinking of, but Sweet Soul Brother is the yeah. the song from this. Yeah. Sweet. Like he's like he sounds like um what is, oh, what is Peter that? Lord? Uh, yeah, Peter Lord. Sweet Soul yes. Brother. The Maltese Falcon. The Maltese Brother. Um yeah. but I'm just yeah. gonna have that play the entire time. Yeah, that's you, not true. If you don't use that uh that Jurassic Five song, I'm gonna be very upset with it's, you. It's it's really good. I'm gonna use everything except for Dracula. <laughs> no, you're uh, you're gonna lead with Dracula. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lead. No, no, thank you. I'm going to lead with 
the music just turns me okay up. okay cool, cool like that that's such a like the songs are so good in this mm-hmm. and like it is unreasonably catchy mm-hmm. even though like the dragula thing is really indicative of uh like the alternative songs in this don't work that well no they like, don't. the dragula song and the other like tony hawk-esque <laughs> yeah song. The, the, the one that is uh very like a very clumsy japanese imitation of american punk yeah yeah that doesn't that doesn't work so well yeah um the hip-hop thing but that's the the synthesis of this game is like this weird picture of a certain kind of youth culture in japan um that's very specific there's a documentary that comes uh with the the remake Mm -hmm. where they talk about trying to synthesize this kind of hip-hop punk uh youth energy that was uh very much of a piece in a a time and it works so well like the the, it's almost like they're you know just assembling this collection around like okay let's pick a strong beat and then just make this happen like the Mm -hmm. it's it's eclecticness the 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 idea that it can't really decide if it wants to be a thing that you know samples timothy leary yeah or you know kind of pulls in some pop stuff kind of like speaks to it there's there's a tremendous amount of variety in play yep 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 and as you mentioned it has it's full of Dragula. Oh my God! <laughs> by, by, oh, yeah, uh, it, it appears in, in one level, but boy, I remember even like back when I was playing it, you know, you know when it was contemporaneous, you know, like wow, that's kind of a kind of a weird tonal shift. Yeah, Dragula. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's a really bad song. Like for something <laughs> that I've heard, it's probably one of the worst songs I've heard the most because of video games. Right. Like if I hear another bad song, like you know, I can just opt out. Mm-hmm. You know, but you can't opt out of Dragula. Like it's it's everyone is is along for this fucking club cranium. Like no matter what. <laughs> yep. So. And it's and it's crazy because if you listen to Rob Zombie talk, he seems to have his shit together. Like he he has some interesting things to say about like horror movies and you know the creative process or whatever. I just don't <laughs> like anything he's ever done. Draculas? Yep. Yeah, like, you know. he has some interesting ideas about how Dracula could be turned into a car. <laughs> well, no, you, you know, you know what Dracula is, though, right? No, I assumed it was Dracula turned into a car. <laughs> nope, it is not. Dracula oh. is the uh, the 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 dragster that Grandpa Munster assembled in order to help um, Herman Munster, also known as the Judge from My Cousin Vinny, um, to uh, to win back their 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 original iconic car, and so it becomes his. It is it it is a casket that is also a dragster. Is that what that? Well, so I'm not entirely wrong. So is that what the song is about, though? Or the lyrics about, like, you know, the monsters lost their car. I couldn't go too far. Nope, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's what the song is about. But that is the. Uh, that is. The, that's that is what we're talking name. about. Yeah, the, the the name for it and the idea of something that digs through the d- ditches and burns through the witches. Okay. It is what you slam in the back of. You know, it is an asshole song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's how you conquer the worm yeah i, I suppose so yeah 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 I, mm. I i think i think it's fun it's bad but it's fun yeah it's just i just it felt inappropriate like yep. it just didn't made me feel like cool yeah skater it's it's only in the uh the the, the north american and pal versions mm. so there was somebody somewhere at sega who was like man we got to hop on that dracula tip yeah yeah, yeah japanese kids aren't gonna fuck yeah. with this shit and probably <laughs> They're not ready for it. Yeah, no. <laughs> they're, not, they're not ready for yeah. Dracula. They probably replaced it with a with a. Uh, they, they they probably replaced a much better song with Dracula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sad. But yeah, this game is one hundred percent style over substance um, mm-hmm. to a degree. Like the play isn't entirely there. Like 
oh, sometimes you don't latch onto a rail, and we're going to talk about it, like times when that when that falls, when we know where, where specifically where it falls apart. But the experience of playing it, it's so incredibly short and so incredibly varied that like it's easier for me to look past it here than I was, you know, than it was to look past it in say like Brave Fencer Musashi. It is, um, yeah, it's very much a, a unified front. As opposed to being some like individual pieces that work really well, like everything kind of works together mm-hmm. in this to kind of to get across that uh, a real unified aesthetic, which makes it harder to dismiss parts of it. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like there are parts of Brave Fencer Musashi that I think are super great, parts I don't think are are that great, but they feel like individual parts. Whereas this feels like a really cohesive, married thing, and you can't really throw out the the bathwater without the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jet Set Radio, like. It is. This is. It's just full of jet set radio ness. You know, <laughs> um, it's also like kind of weirdly unique. Anyway, like there aren't a lot of games like this. Right. You know, like I can't think of a lot of things to compare this to mm-hmm. um, uh, that weren't like directly name checking it. <laughs> um, there is a. There are some kind of weird online features. Yeah. So that was you know the Dreamcast was one of the first like Fantasy Star Online like one of the first consoles to really bring that and focus on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could design and share custom graffiti tags uh, with the worst drawing engine in the world <laughs> yep. like you can't make anything look cool in this i made a bunch of groban things <laughs> because i wanted to make sure because your gang is called the ggs which i associate with gamergate and i didn't want him to be just be like you know ggs doing it up and i'm like no they're not like so i wanted to make it groban groban so i made all these groban tags but they look like shit yeah it's uh it, it is sub ms paint at least in ms paint a mouse kind of acts like a pointer as yeah. opposed to uh, trying to push around an air hockey puck with your yeah, you uh, can't you can't do a joystick paint yeah. program that just doesn't work. Yeah, so but yeah, um, I, man, the Dreamcast was crazy with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this got an HD re-release on Steam, which we uh, alluded to um, in, in the intro. It was also put on like PS3 and Xbox 360 as part of like Sega saying, "Well, let's let's get these classics back out there." Um, mm-hmm. On PC, if you are listening to this and you're like, man, I want to hop in, it is $6. It is eminently affordable. However, there is something you have to do in order to make sure that you can load your saves. Yeah. It'll allow you to save. It kind of tricks you. And then once you stop playing, your save doesn't appear, Yeah, which made me think I lost a lot of progress, which was a bummer. Mm-hmm. And I got around it. And there are a couple different ways you can find on the Steam forums how to do that. Yeah, um, But do just know that you're going to have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This also got a sequel, uh, Jet Set Radio Future, which was kind of a remake, kind of a sequel. Like it covered. I, I never this, played this one. Yeah, it, uh, it it covered the same ground, um, except it kind of like streamlined the visuals. Um, like there were no more QTEs for the larger um, pieces of graffiti. Mm. It was more just like a timed kind of thing. Uh, all of these just kind of made to make the game play a little bit faster. Um, had a lot of the same music and stuff, um, but uh, yeah, so, uh, a lot of people kind of refer refer to it as the the, the superior one. Um, hmm. But uh, I don't know; it's one of those things where it's really hard to get a beat on exactly why. I thought I remember. I thought I remember like the consensus of it being a little lukewarm, but I don't have any specific memories. Yeah, I, for that, I think that the it was lukewarm around the time of release because it was so soon after. Uh, the original Jack Grind Radio. Oh, okay. Like, it just and, didn't uh, do enough. Yeah, it didn't do enough new. It's like, yes, this is pretty. This looks good. It takes advantage of the Xbox. Oh, also, it's on the Xbox, and fuck if we're going to try and emulate an Xbox game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. and, and, then, and then also, uh, this came out for GBA, which is another game I haven't played, but you can probably guess how that went. Yeah, look up the videos. It looks like a horrible chore. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's no good. Let's get scratching.
So uh, with that out of the way, Cole, uh, tell us a little bit about the plot, which surprisingly, <laughs> like there's a lot of. Yeah. Like in this game, like it is it is a surprisingly plot rich game, which I did not. This is the first time I beat this game. I stalled out when I played it um, on the Dreamcast because it gets hard. And we'll talk about that. Um, this is the first time I bought, beat it and actually saw the richness of the plot yeah. as it continues. Yeah. After every little challenge level, there's a little interlude. You have this uh, uh, guy, Professor K, which mm-hmm. um, kind of gives you some exposition. But he begins uh, speaking, sounding very clueless. Uh, the, 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 the VO actor kind of, you, you get the sense that he didn't know what he was saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the outline here, uh, the city of Tokyoto um, is home to several gangs of rudies uh, or rude boys. Uh, that is a thing uh, that use electric inline skates to shred the streets and tag gra- graffiti in public spaces. And these are supposed to be the, uh, the good guys. Um, and the police are dead set on containing this problem as the gangs uh, fight for their turf. By any means necessary. Yeah. Like it's straight up like Judge Dredd, like you just get shot mm-hmm. for, for doing this. Um, I, I actually like the way that uh, Professor K delivers his lines I really like oh, yeah. uh, because it, it just is subtly off mm-hmm. in a way that I thought contributed to kind of just the weird Siganess and weird Japanese-ness of the game. Um, but I, I also think that it's just like there wasn't a lot of direction, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's very endearing, but like, especially as he finds his feet later, you can tell like this was probably 9.30 a.m. He just drank his coffee, walked yeah. in, sat down to the most crazy script he'd ever had put in front of him. It yeah. was just told to wing it. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually he gets kind of the aesthetic. Right. Um, so while all this is going on, while the, the police are just shooting kids, um, so it's really a nonfiction kind of game. Yeah, I know. Um, like that changed it, right? Like I, yeah. I never, I didn't have any of those overtones. And police have been abusing authority for you know since police yeah, have been that a since thing. urban police. Yeah, yeah. but um, but um, this is this is a super fun, colorful game about police shooting colored people for no reason, right? Um, you know, which is is a little bit troubling now that that happens all the time. Rip from the headlines. Um, yeah, exactly. So uh, meanwhile, uh, kind of behind the scenes while that's going on, there's a secretive uh, Rokaku group that is pulling the strings to eliminate the gangs and make the city more corporate. And uh, they will assassinate and brainwash kids to get what they want. Yes. And that's kind of where we're dropped into the plot. Mm-hmm. Yep. As Beat, who is kind of the the Mario of this game, he's the guy who features on all of the art. He has a, an awesome set of goggles, which I'm sure exists on eBay somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. the sound waves across them. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's kind of the main character, but because the characters are such ciphers, like the only thing you get about the character is like the way they dance and how they're dressed. Mm-hmm. That's like the extent of their characterization. Yeah. Um, so you can abandon beat as soon as you get some other people and it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't. You know? Yeah, it's it's fine. Like I, I never felt an attachment to any individual characters. Like somebody would show up and I'd be like, this guy's cool. Yeah. Um but yeah, and this is a the enforced tutorial that is actually really useful because mm-hmm. like I said, this game is not <laughs> like anything really that you've done the actual tutorial is fucking garbage yeah it just sets you it's more it's free play mm-hmm. mode it's not a tutorial it's like if you just want to explore this area without any cops mm-hmm. um is the the actual tutorial this is actually had the tutorial the way they teach you how to do things in this game I actually really appreciate um of just like literally showing you someone doing it and your verb set is so limited um in this game that like there's really not much you know like if you see someone do something, you can do it. Yeah. You know, it's just about figuring out the timing mm-hmm. and, and like kind of, fi- you know, some fiddly collision detection and stuff. You have to kind of work around. It really is two buttons. You have your jump button and your dash slash tag button. Right? Yeah. There, 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 yep. There's very little intricacy to what it's asking you to do, uh, yep. which makes the difficulty later on surprising. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it is it is kind of like I feel like it does lose a little bit in service to its arcadeness a little bit later mm-hmm. um, that I, I recognize as being entirely subjective and because of the gariness I'm bringing to this as somebody who never tries to get high scores and things. I just want to get through it and experience it. Right. Um, there are elements that are set up to make that kind of high score speed running more fun that just kind of annoyed me a little bit mm-hmm. mildly. Like I really like this game, yeah. um, but it was it, there was some mild bumps because of that. Um, let's start with Gum. Gum shows up, um, and she is your your first kind of tutorial person and the first member of your gang. Mm-hmm. Yep. She, uh, if you look at her stats, she excels at graffiti, um, but she is here to kind of like induct you into the GGs, uh, the, 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 the Groby Groves. Um, yes. Uh, by uh, by kind of winding you through this part of their turf, which is in Shibuya around this uh, this bus terminal. And the, uh, the, we should talk about the stats a little bit. So when she excels at graffiti, this actually means that she has more complicated graffiti. Right. And you will get more points for it. So it kind of functions as a difficulty setting. Like having somebody with a really high graffiti stat um, means you will get more points, but so makes the game actually harder. Right. Um, so she is kind of out the gate. You kind of have your Mario character in beat and then gum and tab, which kind of function as difficulty selectors um, once you recruit these guys, because gum is a little bit tougher. Tab is a little bit easier. And, uh, yeah, so essentially, like, seeing a high graffiti stat does not mean you're better at graffiti or it'll be easier. Right. It just means it will, uh, you'll get more points. Right. And so this just kind of shows you how to jump on a car, how to grind a rail, yeah. like, basically getting around. What's that? Yeah. Skitch. Is that Do you skitch in this one? Yeah, that's when you, you're holding onto the back of a car. Ah, uh, it's one of these later ones. Oh, okay. Tab teaches you how to skitch. Yes. <laughs> um, so after you, you complete them, um, you know, you, you complete these like mini tasks and she joins you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Tab shows up and uh, and asks to, to join you. And Tab is dressed like a real scrub. <laughs> yes, he um, is. And, and uh, he teaches you about competing with Diet Coke. <laughs> and <laughs> unsuccessfully. <laughs> yeah, I never used him. Although like that high technique makes it a lot easier to like, yeah. get around. It governs your speed. It governs kind of like how how much speed you maintain on grinds, yeah, um, stuff like that. Te- technique was my king stat, yeah. so like I played with whichever character I had the highest technique yeah. at the uh, the point they were unlocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this kind of shows you you know grinding these lines and this this first bus terminal area. It's really it, it kind of like everything functions on a grid, mm-hmm. um, so it is it is kind of like baby's first uh, spot. The you know how to navigate this level without without touching the ground. Yeah, yeah, which like. Anybody who listened to our 20 Hours Pro Skater 2 episode knows that that is fun. And like part of what this game does really well, at least in this ramp up, is kind of teaching you how to look at the look at the geometry in terms of the opportunities that it presents to you for those lines. Right. Until eventually they're going to put thing, you know, needed goals at the top of those right. lines or at the end of those that you can only get to. And there's some ways that you can just kind of cheese it, you know, and figure out ways to kind of cheat to get around them. But the most satisfying way and the way you're intended to do it is look really cool and feel really cool mm-hmm. doing this series of jumps to get up to an area. Right. Um, yeah. So after you uh, complete this, you get your, your first professor K interlude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where, <laughs> what, what do you have here in the notes? <laughs> Please elaborate on this. Oh, grotesque. It, it, it feels like a very, it feels like a racial caricature. Oh, okay. is, is, is what I mean. Um, when I, when I, when I put grotesque in there, it's like, Oh yeah, they're, they're playing it up. I, I get it. It is a stylistic kind of thing, but looking at it out of context, it's a little, eh. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like he, Professor K never bothered me that much. Um, but I could, I could see it. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, he he outlines the different gangs that are in play mm-hmm. um, that are your competitors. It's like the Warriors, uh, man. <laughs> it's awesome. Like I love these themed t- t- gangs, and like this game gets so much mileage out of people dancing in sync. Mm-hmm. Like just like if you show a bunch of people doing the exact same dance move over and over, it just looks cool. Mm-hmm. And this game does such a great job with it. So like you have the noise tanks, which are the uh, the like techno gang like they are the electronic fetishists yep uh you know uh transcendence uh guys and uh, they look real cool and their music the music is kind of the same but there's little elements that come in when they're showing the different people mm-hmm. so there's this kind of vocoded voice that pops in when they're introducing the noise tanks yeah poison jam who are like into monsters and they dress <laughs> like uh sea urchin from the tick yep um <laughs> so, I, love, I love poison jam man yep yeah, yep. Poison Jam is great. Yeah, and then uh, the, the the GGs. We're going to learn about more of these gangs later, specifically the love the love shockers. Yeah, love this, shockers in this next up. chapter with that uki uki waku waku feeling. Yeah, which <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know what that is. I'm down. I'm cautiously down for the uki uki waku waku feeling. Yeah, I would like to know more about it, but <laughs> yep. I would be interested in reading a pamphlet about the uki yeah. uki waku waku feeling. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> tell me more about your uki uki waku waku feeling. Yeah, can I sign up for the newsletter? Come on. Yeah, exactly. The uh, go to w www.ukiukiwakiwaku.aku.feeling. Ukiuki.ku.feeling. Yeah.ku. So it's from like Kyoto or something like that. Tokyo. Yep. Tokyo. Yeah. Which everyone just calls Tokyo for in some weird level of obfuscation that I don't quite understand. Yeah, so uh, chapter one, the GGs, um, this, this game is divided into three chapters that are kind of broad, um, where they're set up in missions. And uh, first, it is, uh, you're the GGs, you're in Shibuya in that tutorial area, um, protecting your turf by tagging this bus depot. Right. And uh, this introduces the police. So whereas before yes. it was mostly doing these challenges and, you know, if you failed to perfectly mimic what they did, you failed um, the, the, the level. Here you have your health bar and you're kind of free roaming given these uh, uh, targets. And this is what the majority of the game is going to be. Right. So like as kind of the basic loot, um, you are going around collecting spray paint, which are on these lines. Um, and they're, you know, they come in values of one to five. And then you need a certain number of cans of spray paint to complete different tags. So like the smallest one only require one can, the medium one requires three, and the bigger ones require seven, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, is seven correct? Uh, I think so. Okay, um, I, I think so too. I'm not totally sure, but yeah, you're tagging over um, other people that have, uh, have, you know, over these areas of graffiti, and uh, it's really just about getting to them and getting them tagged before the police come and get you. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of like in this area, there's a whole lot kind of made about losing the police. Um, that mechanic never really paid off for me in the entire game. Right. Like I felt like I never really lost the police. Right. Like I could jump up on a thing and they would get mad. And then as soon as they got to the next place, they'd be right around the corner. Right. So like you're kind of constantly pursued in this game. Yeah. The only thing you can really do is when you get to the kind of like the boss enemies, you're able to tag them. And oh, that, yeah. And, and that stuns them and that, that kind of mitigates it somewhat. But, you know, these beat cops and any, any kind of the, the, the humanoid enemies will kind of grab onto you and slow you down until you can shake them. If they're not just like shooting you. Right. Which like, ca- Captain Onishima does. Yeah. Which I who, love. I love this guy. Yeah, he looks like Harvey Bullock. Yep. From uh from Batman the Animated series. And uh yeah, he's he hates uh hates rude boys <laughs> enough to kill them. 
yeah, repeatedly with, and thoroughly with, with with his six shooter revolver. Yes, yeah, with his with his gigantic dirty hairy gun. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy is something grotesque. Like this guy looks really scary. Yes, he does. His weird flat face. Like he looks like um, like a stacking. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, yeah. like nothing really happens with this arc. Like once the uh, once the no, police stop being a factor, he just like he just kind of goes away. Like I expected him to to, to, to see the value of the Rudies and and, and, and what they provide for the. You know, I don't That'd know. Be like, yeah, it would be it would be pretty good. Like if all of his stats were shitty, and he was like a Dan. He was a Dan challenge character. Yeah, yeah, that would have been great. Mm-hmm. And but he had a gun. Yep. So like he just shot. He just like Dick Tracy'd it, <laughs> and just shot his tag into the wall. F you, Tracy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and this is this is kind of the place where it underlines how much uh, you, you you know time is a resource for you. Yes. So if you're going after these larger graffiti tags, you know the police are always chasing after you, no matter you know if you're locked into this or, or, or not. So the the general strategy that you want to do is hit all of the low lying fruit, literally, um, before the police really start coming out in force. Because when you're up above, they can't get at you. Otherwise, you are frantically trying to do the commands while people are, you know, just wailing on you with nightsticks. And and that strategy uh, only holds true for these first couple levels because right. eventually it becomes the opposite, where you have a certain number of tags you'll do before the police bring in the heavy guns, and you want to do the most complicated ones. Pr- first no matter where they're at mm-hmm. because if you have to do seven you know inputs um, while the police are after you it's much easier to do the smaller like easier ones uh, while you're being chased mm-hmm. so it kind of becomes like initially you have the high ground but that goes away pretty quickly when they start bringing in choppers and uh, jetpack ninjas <laughs> and uh yeah it is it is a weird like there are a lot of factors kind of contributing like you have time score and health mm-hmm. all kind of at odds in this thing in a weird way to me where like I appreciated the time limit um, from like a tension standpoint, but what it meant was like in some of the later levels where you start with like 900 seconds, if you get to the end and you're stuck on a particularly tough tag and you lose, you just lose a lot of time. Yeah, you lose 15 and it minutes. Felt, yeah. yeah, it just felt shitty. Like it didn't feel like it was adding that much mm-hmm. to me. Like I would have been happy with the health and health and pursuit or, or like any two. Like it would have been like a choose two for me, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder what the game would feel like without the t- without the time limits. Yeah. If it still worked, yeah. Or if after a certain point you didn't gain you, you didn't gain any overall score for your time, it was like okay, beat it under this for the under this amount of time for you know this bonus, et cetera, et cetera. So for people who cared about that, just like don't make don't make running out of time a failure state, right? Yeah, because a couple of times, especially a little bit later, when what would stymie me, and we'll talk about it, is just where these levels connect to each other, because mm-hmm. um, the map is pretty pretty useless. Yeah. Um, so the not like fallout useless, but like <laughs> not great. Right. Um, so I would just like not know where to go and end up wasting lots of time yeah. and just losing after 800 seconds was just such a bummer. Yeah. It's worth uh, pointing out that like this first chapter is taking us to what feels like really small arenas. But later on, we realize that these are kind of like interconnected parts of larger districts. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't do it presents them separately. It doesn't present that connecting tissue. Right. And then later when you get to that kind of second industrial area with the, uh, the railroad tracks, it gets really kind of convoluted. Right. Um, but yeah, so you you ta- make all the tags. I um, get to the second kind of chapter apart. Love trap. Uki uki um, waku waku. Yeah. yeah, this this introduces the uki uki waku waku feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and and the application that this has for the ways that you, you know, go about your daily living. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this kind of takes you over to the uh, to the commercial side of Shibuya a little mm-hmm. bit, 
this is the, uh, the 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 place where you have the, uh, the the train tracks. You've all you also have the playground and uh, a little bit of like the street with the skywalk kind of things. Yes, yeah, and the like the long area with the the half pipe where you start out, where like it is very like your guy. If you get a little bit off center from the bottom of the half pipe, yep. you crouch down and stop accelerating mm-hmm. entirely in a way that's very frustrating. Yeah, to me, I would have preferred that they didn't do any kind of like half pipe stuff. It doesn't me, add me a too. whole lot. Yeah, it's not it's not very fun. Like it, it, you, there's a little bit of payoff in the sewers later, mm-hmm. um, but again, it's just like if everything goes perfectly, you feel really cool. If anything goes sub perfect perfectly, it just stops all momentum. Right. Um, but the tear gas looks really great. Uh huh. Like cell shaded gas or fog <laughs> looks always looks amazing. Yeah. Like to me. And really, it's just a couple of sprites that are put up as a particle. Except yeah, it looks like a comic book. Like you expect to see poof written yeah. written in the middle of it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and the, the kind of big thing, the, the pl- playground here is really fun, um, and then there's a big train, and it does the first of the cinematic cutaways. Yeah. Once you jump off this cr- train, or this crane, um, it switches to another angle and does a slow motion shot, mm-hmm. which is really funny when you get onto the crane with no speed uh-huh. and just jump up the end, because you can you can climb up something by jumping mm-hmm. with no momentum and just make inch your way up there. So you get up to the end of this crane and jump off, and it just gives you this really limp little jump off yeah. the end with, you know, <laughs> su- you know, cool music and slow motion sound effects and dramatic camera angle, yeah. and then just fall and die. Yeah. Uh, this is a little bit where the grinding starts to fall down for me, because uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that crane and other surfaces that are kind of like it. It's mm-hmm. hard to determine what is like grindable and what is something that you're just going to like straight up skate off of. Yeah. And so if it was all just a surface that you would magnetically, you know, latch onto and then, you know, grind up and it was just a matter of getting enough speed to launch, that'd be fine. However, it was just it was just really finicky, like pixel pixel wide differences between yeah. like which mode of movement you were on. Yeah, I agree. I think some kind of color coding mm-hmm. might have been a cool idea. Little that, mirror's, like edge. mirrors edge, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that would have been pretty neat. Like again, I'm not complaining too much because you get through it just fine. But yeah. it's like, it. This is a weird game where, like, in the idealized form, you feel like a fucking super rock star. Like yeah. you're out. You know, you're. It, it wants the the actual the platonic ideal of this game is like this 15 second section where you are being chased by the cops. They're barely missing you. You're you know, and you jump up onto a, a series of of rails and skate away in a really cool way and then mm-hmm. it slows down and does slow motion as you yeah. you get away. But that requires such precision in a way that like the game it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times like I would complete the goals but just look like an idiot. <laughs> like during the entire time. Like I just played really like I looked stupid. And the game is all about the tra- you know trafficking and cool. Yeah. You know, did uh, did you ever play John Woo's Stranglehold? Uh, no, I've never played any of John Woo's Oeuvre. <laughs> Oeuvre. Yeah, this John is uh, it was a sequel to that one really popular movie that he did. Uh, where we play as a cop named Tequila Hardboiled. It was a sequel to Hardboiled oh, okay. done in video game form. And it was it's it's a little bit of a shooter as exp- or, or a skating game expressed as a shooter. Okay. Um, kind of like how the uh, the club is a uh, is a racing game expressed as a shooter, and it had a little bit of the same kind of feel, which is there were like tables and stuff that you would just slide down, and it would go into slow motion. You go into like Max Payne, you know, bullet time. If you execute it perfectly, it looks like a scene from the movie because you know you're just like sliding through a bunch of watermelon. There was watermelon everywhere. It was like yeah. that scene from <laughs> Wayne's World too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's our a, job is to carry this glass back and forth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and and it works great. But if you're not doing it perfectly, then you're just kind of like doing a slow motion slide into a corner as you run out of bullets. <laughs> yeah, 
that, that's such a bummer, man. Like it, it's hard for games to pull that off mm-hmm. really well. Like it's it's like you didn't, we even ran into that with Dishonored a little bit, where like if you set up this Rube Goldberg of like murder machines perfectly, it's really great. But that game had a little bit more allowance, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, with this one, the the consequences for failing to do that perfectly are such a wet thud, mm-hmm. you know, or such you just missing this crane and just falling down and taking a lot of damage yeah. and having to climb up an endless series of stairs to get back up, <laughs> right? You know, most most stairways have rails. Yeah, I'm just gonna say, guys. <laughs> yeah, just let me let me scoot up this. Yeah. Anytime you're walking, it's it's a little bit frustrating. Yeah. But anyway, so you get you get through this, and uh, again, it's not like the game, and that's when the game turns sour and the rest of it's bad. Like, <laughs> right? It is it is a really good game that is like weirdly ineffable. Right. In in describing how it's good. Mm-hmm. Um. So the next stature uh, or uh, stature so, chapter is uh, the monster of Kogani. Mm-hmm. And this is where you go after the uh, the poison jam, uh, who, along with being, uh, you know, your monster movie fanatics, they're also juggalos. Yeah, <laughs> if you look, they are definitely juggalos. If you look at their art. <laughs> yep. Um, um, and this is cool because uh, you're going to a different district and Kogane kind of has like the sunset kind of feel to it. Yeah. Like uh, every place kind of has its own its own color palette, which is something I really appreciate. I really appreciate it too, especially when you start getting to the like the the city, mm-hmm. you know, city proper, um, and there are indoor areas here which I really like. Blasting um, through like a yeah, bunch of people's dis- houses, destroying, and that feels really cinematic to me. Uh-huh. Like, you know, uh, the camera gets in really close behind you. Um, this is this introduces dogs and police helicopters. Um, dogs are just kind of tougher to get away from, you know, but they're not that different from from beat cops. Mm-hmm. Uh, helicopters are a big deal because they fire machine guns on you, but you can spray paint their window, which makes them crash. <laughs> yep, which is awesome. It feels great because you're, uh, you're you're grinding along the 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 uh, the rail. Mm-hmm. I used to know what those were called, but I don't know them anymore. <laughs> they were um, on on a helicopter. Yeah. The are you talking about the the foot rail or yeah, the, 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 the like? Yeah, the 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 foot rail, the strut. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah, know. Used to know that, but now I don't. Helicopter feet. Copter feet, yep. <laughs> you gr- you grind up on that slipper. copper feet. Yeah. <laughs> Why does everything sound filthy today? <laughs> well, probably because grind. grind. up on that copper feet. Because springtime's coming, man. Yeah, I suppose. Pheromones in the air. Not soon enough, man. I, I really want it to be Yeah, you, you guys are in blizzard world. I, I've, been, I've spent the last like week in a, at a temperate 55 degrees. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah, but this yeah. is a... Uh, What's you know, the people people have the option of living for the most part living where the weather isn't poisonous. True, not the option if they have the option to move at all. Right. So yeah, yeah. But uh, this is really just about kind of introducing these uh, the, the, these new enemies and letting you know that they are uh, that they are escalating their game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after you complete this, uh, the poison jam kidnaps your dog. Yeah, which is ghastly. monstrous. Yeah. What are they going to do? Yeah. Poor pots. Um, who is the secret unlockable character in the game Yes, as well, is your dog. Uh, and this introduces the challenges. Right. So new gang members are like, hey, the GGs, I'm I'm into this. Yeah, um, I'm, and, I'm GGG. Yeah. I'm good. Good giving, giving Groban. Yep. Game, good giving and Groban. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and this is Garen, Garan, something like that. He looks like a fly. I don't know what yeah. I don't know what his steez is, but it's like I'm again I'm down like with the love traps. Yeah, human 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 fly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh he is like maxed out on the uh on the technique. Like he is easy mode for a lot of this, which I gladly used. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um these challenges are a little weird because it, it's a lot of there's kind of two types. There are the ones where you have to complete the tricks and they function as tutorials. I'm all good with those. Mm-hmm. The other type are the races, uh, which I don't care for. 
very right. much. And the, um, that'll be the next challenge. So the next challenge that we get to. Is yeah, this one's still. This is still what I, I'm into the challenges. Right. Yeah. And so this takes you down to the sewers, uh, which I assume he lives down here and yeah. you know scrapes out a meager living. Yeah, <laughs> that's where he lays his maggots. Yeah. Out of his front proboscis. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh. Yo! <laughs> Yo! Horrors unmentionable! Yep. <laughs> A strictly egg based lifestyle. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, he kind of shows you that, yeah, you can make these like death defying leaps across really dangerous stuff as long as you build up enough moment, uh, momentum and a grind. So yeah. you're uh, basically the big one is leaping across this whole uh, sewer cistern um, in one yeah. grind. Yeah. He also teaches you how to, ro- how to wall jump, yes. uh, which is a little finicky. Like there are a couple areas where you have to do multiple wall jumps in a row, like jump on the wall, then jump up onto the next section of wall. If, and yeah, those are tricky. It feels like you have to be exactly on a 45. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which, or like, otherwise you just like bump into and fall off. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, you go into a really cool area after this, uh, an emission uh, called number 540, which is the uh, the construction site. And this is really mm-hmm. the first time where the, uh, the, the, the the availability of paint is a real hindrance. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the paint, there's no diegetic explanation for why the paint's laying around and why some paint heals you. But they build it into the level design in a really satisfying way where like sometimes the, the trick is going to be literally like... You have to go get the paint, and that's where you're going to start out. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's like there's paint everywhere, but you actually have to get to some hard areas. And it gives them a kind of a, a wider vocabulary in, in their level design. Yeah. So you are, this is kind of like a twist because you would expect, like, hey, I'm grinding. So I will just kind of like hit this from the top down. This whole construction site is a bowl. But instead, mm-hmm. you have to go down to the very bottom into this warehouse to, 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 to load up on as much paint as you can. Uh, and depending on you know which character you have and what their carry capacity is, you may or may not have to come back here. So then you're working your way back up as these uh, choppers and such are uh, making their way and just kind of just firing missiles at you. Yes, yeah. And that's the third stat that we haven't really talked about is that kind of um, their the health stat, which also I think ties into the amount of spray paint. Yeah, it's, you can it's, have. It's, it's all like hinged on the the, the, the power. Yeah, so. power is what they call it. Yeah, which is how much health you have and how many spray paint cans you can carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, after you uh, get through this, um, and again, if it doesn't seem like we're not, it's going to be hard to talk about specifics yeah. in this other than just kind of what each level is generally about. Um, so you'll forgive us for that. Um, afterwards, you find out the poison jam are on the run. Yeah. Here. And, and uh, uh, this is your chance to strike them down when they're at their weakest. This is your first boss fight. By literally uh, spraying them in the back. Yeah. And these levels, I have a real mixed feeling, <sighs> really mixed feelings on as well. Um, the idea is like there are three members of the gang and they are just going to go in a loop around this arena mm-hmm. and you just have to catch up with them and be close enough behind their backs to spray paint them 10 times on their back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really weird. Like, because you, if you luck out, you can get behind them and just tap the button like mad and just take somebody out. Um, but this one, not as much, but later on they get incredibly frustrating. Like this one's not great. But they get really, really frustrating later on, especially the second poison jam when you do in the city is such a nightmare because like it's just so hard to get like they're just doing these really insane lines throughout the level. And the idea is you just keep chasing them until you can perfect the line. But like you can't gain speed on a rail. Right. So if you land on a rail, if they're doing most of their line on a rail and you land behind them, not in range of spray painting them, that's it. You know, you just you have to do the entire loop again and hope that you land a little closer to them. And that range is a real problem because it's super finicky. 
Yeah. Um, and that kind of tag teams with this other problem, which is your dash is your spray, is your recenter the camera. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, as you're just kind of like hoping that you are, you know, like a jet refueling in midair, <laughs> finding the, the exact right distance away from them without overtaking them, you're also recentering, recentering your camera. Yeah. Um, hoping that you will spray. Yeah. It, it just, it's really tricky. And uh, they do let, you know, they help you get to know the levels mm-hmm. really well, which is, is part of the idea. Like, this entire first chapter, when they start combining and remixing these levels, kind of, the idea is to get to know them and know these lines in advance. And these levels do a good job of that, but they are a pain in the ass. Right. Um, and, and so kind of like this, the sewer is a mixture of, you know, a couple of couple of lines that you have to take with these, uh, you know, with these leaps like you did with, in the Garum challenge. But you also have this uh, this half pipe kind of area as you are kind of following them as they go along, yeah. which sometimes the floor just falls out from under you and you well, drop there are traps. Yes. Yeah, like there are there are uh, grates that will fall down, mm-hmm. um, which is like there. I think there's a health pickup down there yeah. here, but eventually they hide more valuable things. Mm-hmm down there when you have to revisit the circus or revisit I, it's called Kogage, Kogain Circus mm-hmm. um, it's not actually in a circus right so <laughs> no. when you revisit the sewer um, <laughs> afterwards um, a black car comes and takes the last poison jam guy away and he leaves a shard of a record yes Gary is this a mystical artifact uh, yes love it or hate it <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm gonna say love it <laughs> um, the uh <laughs> And with Poison Jam out of the question, you are now uh, going after the noise tanks. These, uh, yes. Uh, who are who are posted up over in Benton. Um, and one of their notable features that uh, Professor K alludes to is the fact that they only eat artificial food. Yeah. Yeah. They play too many video games. Yep. They're up and on they their develop, new They develop too much software. Yep. And only eat things with their full of chemicals and additives. Um, this is this is probably my favorite gang. Yeah. They just look like weirdo robots. And I like their soundtrack the best. <laughs> Um, they believe in nothing with us. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. That's why I believe in them. Yeah. <laughs> believe in a man that believes in nothing. <laughs> yeah. So Benten is, uh, it is the uh, overcrowded, overdeveloped uh, Tokyo kind of area. Mm-hmm. Um, the ne- neon lights and such. And it's kind of the entertainment district. And so when you start going out after them, um, this is, uh, you, know, in t- you know, nighttime in the city uh, in this very kind of like labyrinthine kind of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. With lots of verticality, yeah, to it, and that's kind of the defining trait of the city levels mm-hmm. in this game is the, is the extreme verticality. Yeah, um, which which is a turn you know can be frustrating, but is oftentimes satisfying as well because uh, it is fun to be, you know, skating down a razor's edge, mm-hmm. miles up in the city. Yeah, and there's nothing too special about this other than just really getting used to the fact that the stakes are quite literally higher. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, you get through here, and it's also really visually striking too. Mm-hmm. This is you know one of the best looking areas visually. Like I like the sunset kind of residential docks mm-hmm. area, and I like this. Right, those are my two favorite areas because this is just a you know just super neon. It's what I think of when I think about Tokyo. Right. Um, afterwards, you find out the no- the noise tanks actually took pots. Right, or they have pots now. <laughs> it's very unclear. yeah. They 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 inherited pots. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and Mew challenges you. Mew is uh, um, the rarest ja- Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Number 151. I thought yep. there were only 150, Gary. No, that was a done, lie. Done, done, done. We had to go to Japan only Nintendo events to download. Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I remember that there was a very a, a very limited time when those were available at uh, U.S. Pokemon leagues oh. in Toys R Us's and comic book shops around the world. I remember because cool. that's how I got my Mew. Oh, good, good job. Yeah. Good muse. <laughs> good. Uh, Have you heard the good muse? Yeah. 
have you downloaded the good muse? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is my, which is my Pokemon themed Christian website. It's <laughs> a great. It sounds like a good idea. I like that. <laughs> Make some money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the first race uh, one. Yeah. And the way these work is like there's uh, a tag at the other end of the city, more or less. Mm -hmm. And you race the person. If you get too far behind, they will stop. Right. And let you catch up, which makes the beginning part of the race <laughs> meaningless. Yep. And it makes the end of it a maddeningly arbitrary, <laughs> arbitrary nightmare because like you just at the end, like you just kind of catch up with them and you know, you go through this long period of getting up to the the part where the race actually matters. Mm -hmm. And then if you miss a grind or bump into a wall or something at the end, you, then you lose. Right. So like, it just has this huge preface, like preface that like doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And it's just there to, you know, to take up time. It feels like yeah, the secret to success and like why that, why that kind of might possibly matter. If you're able to master that first part and get substantially far enough ahead, like these almost universally get uh, harder as you go along in the race. Um, mm -hmm. you know, use that earlier part to build up a lead. Like, you know, you don't have to wait for them. Like they have to wait for you. So right. you can, you can make hay while the sun is shining and get to that. But the problem is, you know, it's very specific what it's asking you to do. And you're almost always going to have to do it at least, at least twice because they're going to take something that approaches the optimal line to get where it needs to be. Um, which you can see where the target is on the map, but that's not going to be incredibly useful if you have to, you know, like you do here, you know, like leap over the city sky. <laughs> And that it's not useful if uh, it takes place over two maps. Right. Because when these areas connect to each other, you can only see one on your map. Mm -hmm. So you can open your map and literally not see anything on it mm -hmm. and just happen to know that you have to go to the weird bat flat backdrop place <laughs> that lets you <laughs> transition to another area. Like, these just feel very clumsy to me. I'm like, you know, I, I just I went through them because, you know, I was playing the game for the show. But if not, then they're just like, yo, up for a challenge. It's like, no, like my, <laughs> I'm, I'm all good. With my, I'll, I'll enjoy my can of tab, please. And just sit here and drink tab in my fort. And that's all I really need. You know, um, tab and, and uh, Garen or whatever. Yep. Tab, uh, drink a tab with the fly man. Yeah, exactly. Tab <laughs> with the fly man in the morning. Yep. That's all I need. Like, I don't I don't feel like I really need you, Mew. Mm -hmm. um, but I got Mew anyway because. Yeah. Why not? Yep. And, you know, everything comes together. Like I use some of the lines that I learned here later on, which yeah. that's kind of cool. I appreciate the effort that goes into mastering that or at least gaining competence. But uh, boy, oh boy, is it a painful process. Yeah, it's a, it's a pain. Yeah. So Mew is, is weak. Like she is super weak, but has high graffiti and high technique. Mm -hmm. She's fast. Her, her graffiti is hard, but she cannot hold very many cans and she is super, super fragile. Which means she's not for the fan of heart. Yes, she is good for other races, actually. Mm -hmm. Like she is if you have to do races or do challenges, mm -hmm. like she's the she was my go to for that. Yeah. In place in places where your health bar doesn't really matter. Exactly. Right. Uh so you can you can take her there or not, but graffiti high is coming up next. Mm -hmm. Which sounds like the shittiest pilot. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Yep. Yeah. And this is you in kind of the entertainment district of Benton show, this uh kind of like cinema kind of place this uh town square i um, like that square a lot i like it too yeah like it just it just you end up spending a lot of time up on like marquees mm -hmm. and everything and uh getting up into the middle and getting out of it is kind of tricky like where you have to uh you're landing on that middle octagon yeah losing the all middle. speed yes it is kind of tricky but uh and it becomes more of a pain in the ass a little bit later right when you revisit this area but here it's like i'm, I'm still pretty into this area and i like the aesthetics of it yeah um, I love that they drop paratroopers into this. Like mm -hmm. it's fucking Normandy. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, and they get caught in the power lines. And so you can you can uh, uh, grind over them to let them down. Yep. 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 And there's not as I want, kind of wanted a little bit more of that interactivity. Yeah. With stuff like that. Like, that's really cool. And that's a really cool thing about like the Tony Hawk games that this game does not do. And it's a way they could really like lean into the arcadeness that's already here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, so once you get out of it, we we're talking about getting on that octagon. You have to go through this, uh, you know, either get out. There's two different ways out of here. There's like the back way behind the sign or you can go on the uh, the subway tracks mm-hmm. to get there to get to this construction area. Right. And then there are tanks. Yeah. So straight up tanks. <laughs> deploy the army we're up to five stars now six stars yeah something? exactly yeah and it just keeps going there are more stars in this than there are in <laughs> grand, theft Apollo, grand, theft, grand theft galaxy, <laughs> grand theft galaxy. <laughs> is that jack too yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a grant morrison story arc oh like grand theft galaxy doesn't it sound like it, it like does, it's just like somebody yeah. stealing our world like grand theft <laughs> galaxy um, yeah. And so this, uh, as you're trying to deal with these tanks again, street level, not where you want to be anyway in this map yeah. because, uh, because of how high it is, but this is definitely reinforcing that, uh, uh, you know, hit those ones low as early as you can and then just finish it out because the longer you're down there, the, uh, the more, the more danger you're in. Yep. And then, uh, afterwards the noise tanks are going crazy Yeah, and they're, they are, it is time for a showdown. Yeah. A battle stage in a, a neighborhood that is almost entirely, um, suspended sidewalks. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and hard because the, the consequences for missing a line are really high now because mm-hmm. you fall right. and have to uh, kind of start over, Yeah, which is a bummer. Yeah. But it's pretty much wash, rinse, repeat from the, from the, uh, poison jam guys like you're yep. just kind of following them i feel like the lines are a little bit longer in this one like if yeah. you're waiting for them to reset it's a little bit more of a concern yes yeah but, um, but you but, get pots back yeah and they installed like a cd player in him or something like that yep. yeah which is cool he's an android now <laughs> yep he's a, yep he's a side he's a side dog yep yeah. cyborg cybark cybark there we go <laughs> <laughs> the uh um and then there's another record piece mm-hmm. that they have dun 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 Ooh. yep um then this son of a bitch <laughs> yo yo i hate this guy i hate yo yo i don't like how he looks i don't like he goes yo um <laughs> i don't i don't like this challenge at all like i put off doing yo yo for a long time but mm-hmm. what happens when you say no because i wanted to see if you could say no mm-hmm. When he's like, you know, do you think you can keep up with me? No, I don't think I can. And then just move on. Um, is every time before there's another challenge, it offers you the yo-yo one. So once you say no, it's not like it closes it off forever. It just yeah. means it's going to come back constantly. <laughs> so it has the effect of like getting like an MMO train of monsters. Like you just have to keep saying no, no, no. Until eventually I was just like, all right, I'm going to take a half hour and just clear out my backlog of fucking challenges. <laughs> yes. It was a bummer. Go from yo no to yo yes. Um, exactly. Yeah. And this guy, he's not even really worth it to recruit him. Like his graffiti yeah. is really high, but that's not really an advantage. He doesn't he doesn't trade off his health for technique like Mew yeah. does. And you know, just aesthetically is very unpleasing. Yeah, he looks like um like he's like a little like Alfred E. Newman or something. <laughs> like he like he's got so much tood and like an annoying like little twerpy white guy way. He, he he looks like if there was a white version of Bebe's kids. Yeah. Yeah, he's a real he's a real Bay Base kid, and I just like that. <laughs> right, in um, general, as a trait in a person. Yes. Um. Yeah. But uh, this this gets kind of tricky because uh, the, so that map has a gigantic tower that you need to like grind around, and there's one big massive leap of faith that you need to do, um, that is separated by like a little balcony almost kind mm-hmm. of thing, 
And um, if you don't nail it, you get trapped in that balcony as he goes, yo, like right over top of you and yeah. then and then hits that <laughs> hits that spot. This is definitely the one that I spent the, the, the challenge that I spent the most time on. Yeah, it's it's a it's a big difficulty spike and it's a bummer. And like you do need to this you're going to go to this map later mm-hmm. in a regular level, but like they're both kind of like this is optional, but they're both just kind of hard areas for this map. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I'm thinking about like, oh, it's nice because I had to learn it and then I have to go there. Well, I also had to learn it by going there as well. Right. You know, I don't know how much the game actually gains from making you go through in these other times that are like kind of lower stakes because there aren't people chasing you, but not really because there's still a time <laughs> limit and it's still a race. Like, right. There's still a sense of pressure. Yeah. Like it. It, it's it's higher stakes because the the penalty for failure is that just the level ends. Yeah, exactly. You know, as opposed to being able to like, oh, I fell or I took some damage. You can bounce back from that in a way that this really prescriptive race structure doesn't allow you to do. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think it functions as a tutorial right. the way that I think it's supposed to, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, but after that, regardless, if you get uh, yo-yo, um, <laughs> you're on to the chapter of love attack. Yes. And this is where you're taking out the love shockers. Um, which is who like, haven't had like a highlight level no. up until this point. Like they've just kind of been in the periphery. Um, they 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 look like a roller derby mm-hmm. uh, team. Yeah, like extremely. Yeah, a roller derby team that is named after a juvenile, like middle school rumored sex act. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The rumors are true. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But they they've got the liberty spikes and they're uh, they're they're punk girls mm-hmm. with two R's. Um, yeah. Yeah. And their heart's broken. Yep. And they're out to take revenge. And this is uh this is in the uh the San Francisco-iest side of Shibuya. Um yes. which is uh you know, you just have these these hills that you're trying to chase them down. And this is pretty frustrating because you're trying to sketch back up these uh back up these hills and traffic is very uh unmanageable. So you're trying to uh weave your way in and out of that as you're chasing uh, chasing after them. Yeah, and they will just uh you know, keep making those loops. So like, this is where I first opted for like the really uncool thing (laughs) to do because it would work would just be to wait Mm -hmm. for them to pass me, like not try to sketch up the hill and just like stay where I think they're going to get to the bottom of the hill and then start chasing them from there. Do like a tax opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, Which is not, you know, not particularly cool. Also not particularly fun. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Like the boss levels in this game are not my favorite thing in the world. Um, the game takes the plot takes a real weird turn. Yes, it after does. <laughs> like structurally too. Yeah. In a bizarre way, because these two these two people show up, you know, out of nowhere, like like everybody else. Uh, we want to join your you know your your gang. You got Cube and Combo, uh, mm-hmm. but like it weirdly turns into a flashback as they're talking about these like a like their friend who got murdered maybe. And they use your graffiti. Uh huh. Like it is a real. It's really weird. We've been studying your techniques from the past. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So they are investigating the uh, the kidnapping or death of their friend Coin. So it's Combo Cube and Coin, and uh, Cube is this goth girl, and Combo is this uh, huge dude who carries a boombox. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, so you have to do these challenges. You do the Cube Channel challenge, uh, which is about uh, Shibuya and grinding down this rail and jumping across the street up onto this awning. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's noteworthy because on this awning, the thing you spray paint is a golden rhino statue. Right. 
um, because that's what how that's why these guys are here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Rokaku group kidnapped or killed their friend, and it has something to do with the Golden Rhinos. Right. They don't know exactly what. Mm-hmm. And uh, combo his is mostly a straight up race, um, and this <laughs> is the first area where uh, the map transition really got me. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Yeah, like because, even when when you first go into it, you don't keep a consistent direction. Right. If you're holding up when you go into the map transition, you will be holding back when the camera switches. Mm-hmm. Unlike say Resident Evil or something. Right. Um, and that means that I always got really far behind there. Right. Yeah, and uh, but there are also multiple places, multiple places where you can exit from this. Yeah. It's, it's presented as a like a bitmap that you are superimposed on top. Of. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really pretty strange. sloppy. It looks cool. Mm-hmm. Like the idea is neat, but it doesn't it doesn't work very well. Yeah. Also, uh, they they didn't update that asset for the HD, mm-hmm. so it's super. <laughs> I don't I don't think yeah. it looks cool. Um, it is super low res and uh, grainy. Well, it looks cool in that like having a 3D moving object in front of this kind of backdrop as a yeah. representation for like, you know, transitioning the city yeah, you know, past this part that doesn't matter. I think is kind of artistically neat. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look pretty. Yeah. Main Street USA. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Cube is kind of the, 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 the high graffiti stat person, and Combo is uh, high technique, high power. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you are restricted to them for these next two chapters because yes. I assume they're in America. <laughs> I have no idea. Geometry like I, is. Yeah, I mean, it, could, it definitely could be. Like these guys came over from America. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, you know, it's, a, it's not really explained. I guess that does make sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the the city they came from, Grind City, um, yes. was taken over by these rhinos. Um, yes, and uh, trying to get a figure out what's up with that, and they knew that these rhinos were from uh, Tokyo To. Yes, yeah. So you start with Tagger Die. Um, <laughs> no, you start with Dragula. Oh right, well, dra- yeah, Dragula shows up. Yep. Hello, um, <laughs> the, hello, um, and you have to uh, you have to deal with that that in your ear holes while you actually. <laughs> go through and, and fight uh guys with afros mm-hmm. and then uh the ayatollah is like assassin they start sending in these assassins numbered assassins mm-hmm. which i can really like that suggests this like really colorful thing that reminded me of um smoke uh, aces no no um killer seven <laughs> yep like a little bit yeah like this is a really cool like themed assassins mm-hmm. that, they, that they have here no Dude. love for the smoke and aces drop okay no i don't, <laughs> I don't know what smoke and aces is <laughs> it was a jeremy piven movie it's awful Okay. (laughs) About a guy who's, uh, uh, has all these colorful assassins coming after him. And he, and he, and is also Jeremy Piven. Yep. He's Jeremy Piven is the target. Oh, he's, he's, I don't, I don't think Jeremy Piven has the ability to disappear into roles. (laughs) Nope. Um, I think that makes that sound like the movie would be bad regardless. Yeah. He's a magician, Gary. Weird guy. The guy's really obnoxious. Yeah. More of a turtle man myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> more of a Kevin Dillon. I don't know what his yeah. character's name is. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Yeah. But uh, you got guys from the sabotage video. Uh, you got these numbered assassins. Uh, so I didn't realize they were numbered assassins because they don't call them out by name. I think there are a couple of them too. Either yeah. That, they're, either well, they say like around. we're bringing in assassin number two. Okay. And then it's a thousand like electro ayatollahs. Yep. Like With, assassin number two is the name of the unit of mm. like the ayatollah with electricity whips. Yeah. Yeah, and this and, and these whips will uh, will knock you down as they close close distance. It's really yeah. it's really hard to avoid. Like even even more deadly than a gun, uh, they, they are real Ayatollah come here knees. Um, yes, <laughs> yes. 
Um, and this is, you have to do a lot of really hard wall jumps. Yes. And so this was the first like really long level that I died at the end several times trying to get the, uh, the wall jumps towards the right down by the playground mm -hmm. and the really tricky jump that's like right below the subway tracks mm -hmm. near the stairs that go up on top of that building. Because like yeah. the other, the main, you spend a lot of time on uh, big graffitis right. in this level. There's also the one that you have to do that's on the train tracks the train will come. Yep. And this is where I learned my super cheese method for doing graffitis. Um, I don't know if you ever got, you know, had to resort to this, but if you do one tag over graffiti and then jump mm -hmm. and then hit graffiti again, you just have to do the first tag again, right? the first motion. And you can just do that seven times and you'll get through it. Yeah. It's probably terrible for your score. It is, but I don't, I don't care. <laughs> so I was just getting through it because, you know, I didn't want to get ran over by a subway train. Yeah. That, that, that's why I never minded if I was like interrupted during graffiti. Which yeah. Is because, okay, I'm going to come back and it's going to be easier. And and since I played with Tab for a lot of the game, um, it was really easy because his first move is always down. Mm -hmm. So you can just kind of jump, down. tag down, jump, tag down, jump, tag down and do that and get through it. And it, I didn't abuse it too much, but I used it a lot during like the end boss mm -hmm. and during some of the later frustrating levels. Right. Yeah, the, the the trick that this is doing, like the, it's not just wall grinds; it is grinding on a wall and then using that as like a double jump to get up to higher targets. Yeah, which uh, yeah. Um, you know you either have to be perfectly on a forty-five or you have to be grinding along in a parallel with it yes. in order to really pull it off. And so that's where I ended up losing a lot of time as yeah. uh, as the sabotage guys came down. Fortunately, the Ayatollahs really stuck to the rooftops. Yeah, as as they do. <laughs> as, as 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 is their want um but yeah it, this, this is this level is tough this is a big difficulty spike and this is where i quit when i was younger um was on the the combo and and cube levels yeah next one's even tougher too yes yeah. uh grind square which is obviously time square yes yeah and uh this yeah this is extremely tricky mm -hmm. luckily the assassin that you deal with is not too big of a deal right um these guys so it's these electro guys that like will charge the rails Mm -hmm. um, but they just kind of certain areas you, you can't really be on the rails, but like I end up spending a lot of time just walking around on my feet in this level mm -hmm. or just like skating slowly to position myself for things. Like I did not do this in a cool, badass way at all. Yeah. It's really tough because it's the most platformy, I think, uh, of yeah. all the places. Like we've seen everything, like every area that the game is going to show us, you know, with, with this, like after this, everything else is going to be revisiting places we've already been. And this one kind of like the, there is a line that you can take, but um, it either would require you to require you to do it so many times uh, that you would probably gain more, you know, by just being careful about it and being very meticulous. Yeah. Yeah. And you have these elevators that bring you up yeah. um, that just like take forever. Uh huh. Like and, and that's the consequence for falling ever is just having to take the elevator back up. Right. Um, so it's a real pain in the ass. Like It looks cool. Mm hmm. But and there are individual cool parts about it, but this is a, a frustrating level, right? And kind of the takeaway, uh, the narration is that uh, Cuban Combo have uh, decided to go to Tokyo to follow this lead on Coins Murderers, right? Yeah, and then we're in Chapter Three, the Golden Rhino, because it wouldn't be like a game from Japan if the enemy in the beginning was the enemy in the end, you know? <laughs> right? Like it just has to do that, like kind of switch, like oh nope, this is actually the ultimate evil that's behind everything. Yeah. <laughs> So chapter three does a couple of interesting things with the structure of the game, right? First off, um, you have kind of uh, a little bit of nonlinearity 
um, you have a map that you can select different regions from. Uh, so you can tackle this in any order that you really want to. So if you're bouncing up against one and you're having a really, really hard time with it, you can jump over to another. Um, the other cool thing that it does is that it stitches all of these individual pieces together into, you know, large districts that you have to kind of like master all in one go. Yes, which is cool, but I wish that, again, this is where I felt the time limit as the most obnoxious thing. Um, and just knowing where the levels transition to new areas. Like, all it would need is another layer of map. Mm-hmm. You know, like a bigger map that showed how these levels connected mm-hmm. um, would be all that I'd want to kind of address that. But I kind of got frustrated a little bit without it. Yeah, or like signposting that says like, hey. Yeah, this way to, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't want like a like a perfect dark zero-esque, no. you know, arrow on the floor telling me where to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need that. Um, but I would like, you know, and that would actually, I thought for a minute, I was like, do I want like a little guide marker that would show me where the next thing is? And I don't, you know, because like one, it wouldn't be useful because it wouldn't express verticality correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, like I like the idea of like, you know, testing your mastery of these levels and how to reach these areas mm-hmm. um but just the it really fell down in the connections between the areas yeah. if they took if, if they took the arrows that indicated police escape points and instead used those to indicate like hey down this alley is actually a place where you're going to go and find a whole other area like that weird yes. dream you have where there's a door in your apartment that leads to a whole other room that you didn't, you didn't know about then yes like that would be the perfect way to do it i think i think so too and yeah, then your so, teeth uh, fall out yeah, exactly. And then turn a liquid and sluice down your throat. Um, yeah, so the first chapter, uh, Explosion. Yeah. Because um, there are bombs all over the city. <laughs> yep. So we got a tag. Yeah, your, your, your solution to everything is tagging. Yeah. Like that somehow stops gangs, it somehow stops cops. Um, it, is, it is your one verb and it just kind of works for everything for you, some reason. You got to spray what you know. Yeah. 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 And uh, this is where the, uh, the real rogues gallery of these assassins comes out. And Explosion is apt because boy, oh boy, are there a lot of firebombs in here. Yeah. And the, uh, man, the suicide bomber guys. <laughs> like, that, that's just really like, really going to any, uh, any length here. Um, <laughs> well, it's corporate oh now. They're, they're outside the law. Exactly. It's the mega corpse. Shatter on time. Um, this is the whole Shibuya map. Mm-hmm. So this is every, literally everything you've done in Shibuya. Um, and there are big explosions kind of out of everywhere. Right. And uh, it's, just, it's just really tricky. Um, health became a real factor. Mm-hmm. And this level, this is the first level I switched out my normal, uh, you know, high technique character for, uh, for combo. Right. Just because he would be, you know, sturdier and tankier. And he also can hold more paint, which means you have to kind of like scrounge less. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, and yeah, this is just kind of like the the the, uh, the, the bitmap transition that we alluded to in, in uh, combos. Um, little uh, uh, challenge uh, makes a makes a big bad return here. Uh, yes. but we also uh, have to figure out how the uh, the, the 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 hilly streets f- uh, figure into this. Yeah, and they do, but it's obnoxious. Right. So this is like all the individual levels, like all the individual pieces of chapter three, I really like Mm -hmm. it's just, and it's not even that I dislike that they're connected. It's just the signposting and having a time limit like this nine, you know, 900 second time limit didn't add a lot. Like it's, it's enough time to where like, you're only going to have to start over if you're well and truly fucked. And then at that point, I don't want to be punished anymore. I already am well and truly fucked. Yeah. And something that kind of falls down about this one and then also the level with the uh, with the um, snipers is that mm-hmm. anytime you separate, okay, I have taken damage and have stopped dead in my tracks from any kind of visual stimulus, 
it, it really kind of like is frustrating. I, I would like to be able to see like where this came from or to like get a sense of like where the danger is so I can avoid it. Yeah. Um, you know, and this kind of brings up something that I really enjoyed about the HD remake is that, you know, the Dreamcast didn't have a right analog stick, so there was no camera control. I don't know how I did this without camera control, Gary. Yeah. Yeah, me either. <laughs> like just literally just using the face forward button. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know either. And that could have been, you know, a big reason why I quit when I was younger mm-hmm. um, to play through it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, eventually you disarm all these bombs somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have another <laughs> challenge. This is a uh, piranha. Yes. Um, who's a, a cool black lady with goggles. Yes. And I feel bad for in the notes, like writing down like black girl, Japanese girl, but there's nothing yeah. to these characters to differentiate them. Well, there, I mean, there is like, there's a way they dress and everything like that, oh, yeah, but like yeah. it is, it is part of their kind of like singular visual aesthetic. Like their visual aesthetic is all that separates them. Right. You know, um, and their stats, but mm-hmm. it's not like they have hu- huge personality. They just have their one sound bite. Oh, yo, <laughs> that they say when they, when they're there. <laughs> when they do tricks. And she goes, piranha. Um, <laughs> I can strip a cow bear in three <laughs> seconds. Candiru. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but uh, her challenge is all about half pipes. Oh, boy. Yeah, half pipes aren't that fun. Nope. Um, and you're not going to end up needing them that much. Nope. Like, this feels a little bit like it's a tutorial for something that's not going to really pay off at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a bummer. You also have these dead jumps across uh, the roofs of the bus ports, which ended up being more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I was really surprised about that. Like mm-hmm. why that, how that ended up being so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just kind of frustrating, but you know, you get her, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you do fight or flight, which introduces the new area that's introduced in this level. Mm-hmm. I really like, like the descending rooftops. Yes. Um, that's really cool. Like really that. cool little residential area. And, uh, and with the snipers, like the snipers were, were cool. Like, I like how they are actually scared of you. Mm-hmm. Like one way to, you could actually deal with them. Like if you get close to them, they run away. Um, so you can kind of go spook them off and then, uh, head out. But then the next part of this level, um, with the residential area with the sewer, like no matter where you're at in this area, mm-hmm. when you fall in the water, you start at the same place. Right. That's a bummer. Because you could be pretty far out or pretty close to a thing, and you just always have to go up. And it always starts with these stairs. Yeah. And, like, anytime you're climbing upstairs in this game, you know, that sucks. Mm-hmm. It's a recipe for no fun. Yeah. And it's, uh, like, it's pretty much requiring you to go out on these limbs. So you're going to hit this, like, as you're trying to get the targets that are on the water tower. Um, yeah. Or doing, like, this incongruous um, cinematic jump between two residential buildings. Like yeah. out, out the window, like uh, through a very tight space, like I ended up falling through that. And then just the jetpack guys that they throw on top of this really complicate things. Yeah, those guys, I like, I prefer the snipers considerably more. Right. Like the snipers are not too big of a deal. The uh, the jetpack guys are really obnoxious and they just hound you. Right. Like they will, they will never stop. Um, this also, there is the, the sewer here that connects to the construction site which we've been in before. Right. Um, so like kind of figuring out the macro line for this, you know, like going through the first residential area that, and then going into the, uh, the sewer area and going out on either side, you know, like what things in the sewer do I want to tackle now and which ones do I want to tackle on the back pass? Mm-hmm. Things like that was kind of fun. Uh, but again, it's just really big and complicated and allows you so much time that like the time limit is unnecessary mm-hmm. in a weird way yeah, or harmful. Yeah, like the, the the connections here, I think were more satisfying. I don't know if it was because all the areas were really disparate mm-hmm. or, or or not, but like I, I ended up minding it less here. Yeah. Um, and and as we go along, we're finding out some details that we kind of like already knew. Like, oh, Rokaku is the golden rhino, and that starts getting a little weird. 
because the record is part of the devil's contract, the devil's recording contract that summons a demon. Yes. Yeah, it is. And and if they didn't do anything else with this, if this was just played straight, I would be bummed out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, luckily they, they, they fuck with it. But yeah. yeah, so that's why they're looking for the devil's contract. Um, Slate shows up. Mm-hmm. Who is uh, like a has this huge nose? He looks like one of the Toxic Avengers friends. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he uh, he, no. he he looks like Kilroy, and he is yeah. here. Yeah. Yes, he is, he is indeed. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's big on power and carry capacity. Right, and uh, this is kind of a, a race that spans again pretty much all the places that we talked about before. You go from the the. Um, uh, what is it? The street level up through the construction site and into the the, the rooftops. Um, and this one kind of felt like the least obnoxious of the of the races, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly because you just spend so much time in the sewers. Yep. Like, you know it. Yeah. And the, and the, tr- and the trick is like, oh, the way that he goes is super inefficient. There's a there, there's an easier there's an easier line. Yeah. That, that's how you can gain a quick advantage. Yep. Um, so the next level, um, you tackle uh, Benton Burning, um, which is super, super tough. Um, and you are back in Benton mm-hmm. here. And there are Luchador Incredible Hulks. <laughs> yep. Man, oh man. Like, this is this is one of those places, because of how vertical it is, um, there were a couple of stragglers, a couple of straggler targets that were really, really hard to, like, even discern where they were at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a hard time with that. These last few levels, like, I had a, a really hard time with pretty consistently um you know not, not the bulk of but i spent more time on these last levels and had to do them more times over again which is like this just in you know games get harder as they go on <laughs> you know, the challenge level increases oh. um holy shit but the uh it was the, i got frustrated at many points mm-hmm. you know during yeah. this and you know it, it's just one of those things where they're they're adding in new enemies with varied verb sets that Kind of what they do is take a little bit of the fun away when they like when you when you fail at avoiding them. Like, oh, they'll knock you off your line, or you know, X, Y, or Z. Right, right, right. Like the con- the consequences become less fun. Right, and uh, you know, like you don't really see that in other games like this. You know, your 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 Tony Hawks and your skates or die. Like, yes, there are enemies here, and that is kind of bizarre. Enemies that are not just cars that are pre-programmed to you know drive through Philadelphia. Right. Right, 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 right. The um, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it is, it is. At certain point, like at any point in this last half of the game, did it start feeling? Because this is a very short game, but I almost feel like some of the stuff started feeling a little bit like padding. No, not really. No, not. I mean, just not, not in particular. And I, I think that it had to do with just how short this was. Like, if they didn't take the tack of putting all these maps together, and it was just like, okay, here, here are these little portions you know, kind of like reiterated and remixed. I think that chapter three did enough different to make it, to, to, to bring some variety to it. Um, and, you know, I felt like a little bit of the onus was on me for not upping my game enough. Hmm. But that, that was, that was just my personal experience. I, a little bit with this level and a lot with the next level, I started feeling like, like it's, it's, it is hard to think of something being padded when it is only six hours long, mm-hmm. but just feeling like the next level and part of this level doesn't, don't really contribute very much like i would have liked them you know i, I would have liked just like a, a different like something new that i felt added 
you know, to the game. Because mm-hmm. um, up until this point, they've done a good job with it. But, like, this game is such a simple idea. Like, there's not... Like, when people are like, man, they need to make more Jack Ryan radio games. Like, I don't know if I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of think that, like, this is a very cool thing that is of limited utility that has been fully explored. Right. You know? And so what people are saying is, I love the style in Jack Ryan radio, and I wish that that was employed elsewhere. Yes. I, I think. And what's, what, what you know, more important than making new games is just making sure that this is always playable and that you can load your fucking save games. Right. And and to me, like, I would just rather, like, I'll play this again before I die. Like, it is fun to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really feel like the, I just need a level pack or anything like that. Like, I just right. don't know what they're going to add to it because it is so simple. And the, what, you know, it's causing me to feel it like that way is this behind the mask chapter, which is your final, like, traditional boss fight. And I hate this level. Yeah, it's um, really bad. Yeah, I was really mad at this. Like, this is, it is, Poison Jam has been brainwashed. They don't have their masks on, and you have to tag their, their backs. And it is really, really tricky because they're very competent skaters <laughs> that move through really complicated lines with tons of kind of high up verticality. Mm-hmm. So the consequences for mistakes or falling is always, uh, you know, waiting for them to come around to another pass. Or, you know, just starting over, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, I probably had to attempt this like two, three times, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Which they give you, a, it's a generous time allotment that they that, you know, that they give you. But just, I don't know, it, it demands such perfection out of you. You know, you know, and just the, you know, this is that map that's kind of been confounding us all along with what it's requiring us to do on these rails. And I think it falls down because of the, uh, because of the mechanics of grinding and that you can never make up speed. Like your dash yeah. does nothing. And so, so, if you, so if you end up on a rail behind a guy and, you know, at a slightly lower speed, that's just it for you. And then, you know, that's not even if you just miss a jump, like if you just end up not having maximum speed on the rail. Uh-huh. Um, so like this was like, you know, I got through this the most boring methodical way, which was just like they will get bored and stop eventually. Mm-hmm. I would sneak up on them fucking the end style and then just, <laughs> you know, skate up behind them and just hope to have enough speed and get them while they were still taking off before they jumped on anything. Mm-hmm. And it just took forever and was so boring. Yeah. Um, this fe- this feels really unnecessary to me. Yeah. Like I feel like they're not exploring anything new in this, and and you know it felt it was there to add time to the game. Yeah. And I guess to wrap up that crucial poison jam <laughs> subplot. Yeah. But and and to introduce the fact that the uh, the Rokaku group is brainwashing people. But I mean they've done a lot crazier stuff so far. Yeah, and they're about to become, you know, the game's about to end. Right. So it's about to become immaterial anyway right yeah i I don't i don't like this this is this is really it it did start to feel like a chore here i don't know if i would call it padding but uh i really wish that uh um maybe the mechanics supported a little bit more like just because because of the precision that it's asking you know asking of you here um and the way that you just might or might not snap onto a grindable surface yeah like you know if they did do anything with this again i think that tightening that up would probably be um high up in the priority but Agreed. Yeah. This last boss is fucking nuts, though. Yeah, this is really crazy. So, like, the record has been stolen. Um, and you find out that the record is made by an evil sound engineer. And Goji uh, wants to make a deal with the devil here. And he is the guy from uh, Rukaku. Yeah. Um, and he is a DJ that is up on top of a giant, you know, Rukaku headquarters, which is a giant record. Mm-hmm. Um, controlling gigantic mechanical golden rhinos. <laughs> yep. 
And uh, around this record, on top of the skyscraper, are other towers that have demonic summoning signs. And you have to jump off of these turning gears in order to get out there and put your tag over Satan's mark itself. Yes, which I like. Yep. Like, <laughs> like I, I like the idea. This is the first time that tagging has actually <laughs> made sense. There were two times. It's like one spray painting the windshield of a helicopter. Uh-huh. Like, okay, you know, they can't uh, they can't drive. That's mm-hmm. fine. But like if I was a, a poison jam, you could put a lot of spray paint on my back. I'd still probably be okay. <laughs> like this is literally them defacing a sigil it's or a about, sigil, which is, you know, it makes sense. It's about morale, Gary. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. I got dissed. Yeah. I, with somebody you can't just somebody who has no self-respect already i suppose <laughs> yep but uh but yeah this is a little bit of like a puzzle fight like it is it is a proper boss fight in a game that has been filled with you know kind of just boss fights that are skate challenges yeah um after you do these these uh ones on the outside the record in the middle sp- speeds up every time you do mm-hmm. and uh the what is it? What is it that falls and breaks the the roof of his DJ booth? It's like it's railings. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like some some detritus falls, and the trick is while this record is moving you around, getting enough speed to go up this little rail and get into the middle of the thing and spray paint him. Spray spray paint his bald head because yes. he looks like Doctor Venture on the ones and twos. Yes, 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 <laughs> which causes the building to collapse. Yep, somehow, um, and then you know because. The plot was a little bit overbearing, <laughs> as it were. Uh, Professor K, you know, you, you find out that the, the, the record was actually a hoax. Mm-hmm. And uh, the load-bearing paint that you spray-painted, uh, <laughs> you know, they just said it was an accident. And then on the end, he said he makes up the – after the credits, he said he made up the whole thing. Yep, because on the streets, there's no such thing as real, which yeah. what am I supposed to keep it, Gary? What yeah. am I supposed to keep it <laughs> if there's no such thing as real? The uh, and that's and that's Jack Ryan Radio, yeah, yeah, essentially, or Jet Set Radio, whichever. Yeah, depend depending on your version and or region. Yeah, I like this game. I like this game too, even though if you listen to this episode, it probably sounded like I didn't. Like, I did. It's a really I do, It's a qualified really, like. Yeah, it is a qualified like. It's very fun. Like, it's fun the moment to moment. When it's working, it does feel really good. You know, and, and especially like when it's at the golden point of the difficulty curve where like things are a little tricky, or even when they're easy. Like, playing this game when it is really easy to do things and feel cool feels good. Yeah. The same way, like, the warehouse feels good in Tony Hawk. Right. You know, like, it's not very tricky, but, like, you can still, you, you're expressing mastery mm-hmm. in a way that's really satisfying. And I would say, like, if you're not looking to, you know, get the full gamut of this experience, by not doing Chapter 3, you're probably going to lose out on some of the craziness of the enemies. But, like, yeah. you can do much worse than, you know, $6 to play the first chapter of this game. At the very least, and see whether, you when, know, yeah. you're cool with the challenge, you know, jump. Mm-hmm. You will have seen a great deal of the content that it's going to show you in terms of maps and stuff uh, mm-hmm. to, uh, to 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 navigate, and you're going to get a, a good feel for the for the for the style and the flair that this brings. Yeah, and, that's, and the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, like, again, like when I said it earlier on, like it is a unified whole. Like this game is of such a piece that you can't. I feel like out of all the games we've done, it is harder to like dismiss por- a portion of it. But like, 
you know, it's just like, oh, this is Jack Ryan Radio. This is what Jack Ryan Radio is. It's this really cool arcade action game that feels really neat. And then when you're examining it the same way you would do for the show, though, like I'm just kind of like, well, there's not as much there to do. And it gets hard when in a game that's not served by being hard. Mm-hmm. But it's still Jack Ryan Radio, which is still great. Yeah. And it's a kind of game that I feel like there's definitely a place for. Like yes. it is it is absolutely cotton candy. Like the, 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 there's nothing of consequence to this. Um, yeah. you know, and the fact that there's not that much that there's not that much there to you know stand up to scrutiny means it might not be ideal for this show. I feel like this has been a good episode. We'll see when it comes out. Um, but um, you know, it's uh it, it definitely is worth playing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is it is really good. And it's so cheap now to play too and like it is it is unique. I, I as I said before, I disagree with people who think that they I don't want another Jack Ryan radio really. Yeah. I want other games, other visions this fully realized, but not this mechanic and this aesthetic because I think this really closes the book on it. Right. And this is, you know, like this this aesthetic and this kind of like style of gameplay when we call this a Sega ass arcade game. This was Sega not really at the height of their powers but like trying to muster a last hurrah. Yeah. a little bit and so as a historical artifact of like just you know a company that doesn't really do this kind of thing anymore um I, you know you could do a lot worse as like a summing up right yeah yeah i agree with that yeah um so yeah so uh, what uh, what are we doing next time cole well next time we are doing um star control 2 which gary is a delightful game yeah i did i started in earnest uh, earlier today and uh, I really like it, and it's. Good. I'm going to be surprised I never played it before because it is so much <laughs> like Starflight, which is a game I spent tens and tens and tens of hours on. Yeah. Um, and this is a lot like that with more complexity and cooler in almost every way. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. so uh, you can either do the Urquan Masters version of that or get the uh, one on GOG. Uh, they play very similarly. The Urquan Masters has the voice acting from the 3DO version. Yep, and yep. I did both. Like, I wanted to support whoever is still getting money from that, mm-hmm. even if it just is GOG. And then also uh, I'm playing the Urquan Masters version because people uh, told us to, but Cole had already made his way into the game. <laughs> I, so I had pretty much already beaten the game by the time people told me to do that. I think that's one of the reasons, like I, I appreciate your desire to be ahead mm-hmm. of, of things, but I think that we do lose some maneuverability there when we're like so ahead yeah. of, of the curve. So the uh, so I, that's something to consider, not something necessarily to like... <laughs> change your actions based on yeah. but it is a downside to that but we will have a uh, we, we will have a good view of like the different versions of this product too so. yeah and and also we'll have a uh the kind of like growing up with it view because mm-hmm. zach johnson from video games hot dog is going to be joining us and is one of his all-time favorite games mm-hmm. and he actually suggested it and everything so yeah. very cool so i'm looking forward to that what are we doing after that gary um we're doing a special on game books um so game books are something that i've always really liked and it is a really interesting kind of like evolutionary dead end. Like you don't really see, like, I mean, they're kind of coming back with iOS, but it is, uh, you know, essentially they range in complexity from choose your own adventure books, which I think everybody's pretty familiar with to more complicated things like sorcery or uh, the uh, lone wolf books or the uh, fighting fantasy type books, which are choose your own adventures with stats and stuff that you keep track of yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are going to kind of do that. We're both going to play through sorcery on iOS. Uh, the, I wanted to find the original uh, paper version of that, but it's expensive right. now. So we're playing through this, which is my understanding is relatively faithful. Um, and then we're going to kind of do a book report on some choose your own adventure and other game book style stuff. Yeah. Um, to kind of present to each other, like what's neat about this? What does it do? So the, the part that's going to be like the traditional WAF episode is going to be the sorcery part with kind of, it's going to be a little like one of our classic special episodes with mm-hmm. different sections. Right. 
Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. Did you get the books I sent? No, not yet. Okay, they should, uh, they'll arrive tomorrow, I'm sure. Okay. Like, they should arrive any moment. Cool. So. Yep, I'm excited about this. Um, and then after that, oh boy, I mm-hmm. need to look at the, the, the because we, we changed this up, didn't we? I, yeah, I remember what we changed it to. Well, what, what did we change you it to? Say it? Um, we changed it, and this is a weird one mm-hmm. for us. Um, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Yes. So uh, we don't do a lot of shooters on the show. We definitely have never done like a modern military shooter. And a uh, couple factors. One, um, we both like this game or remember liking it at least. We played it. Um, it's a little bit subversive. Like the franchise now has this reputation for being rah, rah, dumb, dumb, but it started out a little bit subversive and weird. Um, and we're both big fans of that, you know? Um, and then, uh, two, like it's such a big thing in gaming. Mm-hmm. It would be, it feels a little bit, uh, faulty or disingenuous not to at least check it out. Mm-hmm. You know, like the same way, like I don't expect us to do anything else. Like it's not like Medal of Honor Frontline is going to come in a year. <laughs> this is probably going to be it for Watch Out for Fireballs and Modern Military Shooters, <laughs> if I had to guess. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're going to we're going to do it. And then also it is a, a short, easy to game or easy to play game that coincides with me moving. Right. So that's the other thing. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit of a practical choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can't walk outside without tripping over a copy of this game. Like yes. you can get it for like sub ten dollars uh, on consoles. It's on Steam uh, for twenty dollars, but it goes on sale uh, pretty frequently. It is Mac and Windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and even if it ends up being like a negative thing, like I'm looking forward to taking. Like I don't typically like military shooters. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to to working through it with the podcast mindset to examine that belief. Yeah. Like I'm always interested in things that I believe being challenged, mm-hmm. um, and this this is a good example of that. Yeah. So, like, if I come away from it being like, you know, I like some of the story stuff, but the play is trash, like, that's still valuable because I will have calcified and and examined Mm -hmm. an opinion that I have an instinct behind. Right. And I'm excited about this because it is kind of the last modern military shooter that I played before I was, you know, kind of examining the games I played for podcast material. Mm -hmm. So to go back and reexamine kind of my initial positive, you know, first impression of this, um, you know, similar to Gary, I am uh, looking forward to that opportunity. Yeah, me too. So yeah, and hopefully, hopefully uh, that'll be interesting for for you guys too. Like, I think that there is space for us to do these kind of one offs of like weirdo stuff. Like, we're gonna have to do an RTS at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, we're never gonna do tons of RTSs, but we'll we'll have to do one at some point. Right. Just because. Uh, so kind of hitting that genre bingo card is is useful. Um, if you would like to help out with the show. Um, you can do so uh, primarily probably by going to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv mm-hmm. and throwing us a couple bucks a month there. Um, even as little as a dollar a month, you know, which ends up being a quarter per you know episode during the month, mm-hmm. essentially. And it supports the whole network. Right. So really it's like – It's one cent per hour of content you get every Yes. It's, it's one cent per hour of content, um, you know, which is pretty pretty reasonable. I think. Um, but you can you can help us out there if you'd like. If you can't, it's okay. We understand. Times are tough. Um, tell somebody about the show. Yeah. Um, tell your friends. Tell a blog. Tell a Twitter. <laughs> and uh, uh, thank you, everybody, for taking the merchandise survey that we've been talking about on the network here. Uh, oh, we, yeah. We, yeah, we got just under 200 responses. And uh, there's a lot of very helpful stuff in there. Um, and people uh, said nice things, and people said things that uh, challenge us. Um, and offered some really good ideas for merchandise. So you can see that uh, coming around here shortly. Yeah, overwhelmingly nice things. Yes. Like a couple challenging things, 
but mostly it was just people being real sweet. Mm-hmm. So that was that was nice. Yes. Not that, you know, you have to be sweet, but it was <laughs> nice that everyone happened to be sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that we really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also ratings, reviews on iTunes. Um, you can listen to our other shows on the network. Um, you can check out the blogs, all that stuff. Those are all ways that you can help us out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think it's probably, it's probably good. Just, um, yeah, just about. Yeah. Uh, what else can, what should they watch out for? Uh, they should watch out for Molotov cocktails because you don't know where they're going to come from. That is true. Yeah. Good advice. As true today as when it was written. <laughs> Umbasa. <laughs> Fine, you jackals. Yeah.